1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 10. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 10. There's a question that I'm asking this morning. And the question is this. Do we believe? In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse, verse 10. For to this end we toll and strive. We're working. Because we have our hope set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Do we believe? Belief is a part of of our everyday. We don't even think about it. We don't realize it. But belief is, is a part of all that we do. There is a seldom a moment that goes by that belief does not come into play. Let me give you some examples uh, to help you to understand this. Number one, when we go out and to start our vehicle, we believe it will start, don't we? Otherwise, we would not go out there to that vehicle. When I stick my key into that Dodge Ram and twist it, I expect it to crank up. If I didn't believe that it would, I wouldn't bother to go out there. I would just stay inside. I believe that I can drive safely to my destination. And I know that there are people who have wrecks, and there are people who are injured, and there are people who are killed. We all have had that happen in our friends and family circles. But yet, do we not believe when we go out and crank our car up and get in our vehicle and head to work, head to school, head to wherever, we believe that we're going to arrive there safely. If I didn't believe that, do you think I'd leave the house? If I didn't believe that I was going to be able to arrive there safely, do you think I would want to drive somewhere? Uh, and, and we believe at the end of our work period, we're going to be paid. 
Now, some of you probably love your job so much you'd work without pay, right? How many of you would just go to work without getting paid? Uh, Nikki, with the post office, I'm sure you would go to work and not worry about it. Yeah, yeah. Not, not worried about my pay. I'm just going to go and, and work. No, no. Everybody I know, everyone I've ever talked to, they, they go to work for one reason. They're going to get a paycheck whenever that day comes. And, and, and we believe that it's going to happen. If we didn't believe we were going to get paid for working, would we go work? I don't think so. We, we believe that our home is safe to sleep in. Every night, the alarm is set, the doors are locked, the prayer is prayed, and I go to sleep. Because I believe that I'm going to be safe in my own home. Now, if I didn't believe I was going to be safe in my own home, do you think I'd go to bed? If I thought somebody was coming in after me, don't you think I'd be sitting up? I'd have my gun, I'd have my knife, I, I'd, I'd have something. I, I'd be calling Rob, saying, come over here. If I didn't believe I could lay down and go to sleep and, and not have to worry and not be fearful, I, I believe that I can do that. We, we believe that the food we buy is safe to cook and eat. Whether you buy it from Aldi's or KJ's or Publix or Ingalls or, or wherever you buy it from, you buy that food, you take it home, you prepare that food, and you eat that food, believing the whole time that that food is safe. If you didn't think it was safe, would you still eat it? I don't think so. We, we believe that a light will come on when we flip the switch. When you walk in and, and you flip that switch on, or if you walk into your house and you flip a switch on, don't you believe that there's going to be a light that comes on? We, we believe that that switch will connect that bulb to that electricity and it will come on. We, we even believe that the floors we walk on will hold us up. If, if I didn't think the floor would hold me up, do you think I'd walk on it? Now, there was one time as a teenager while I was out hunting with a friend and I climbed up into a deer stand, and I stepped out in the middle of that deer stand that I didn't believe really that it would hold me up, and it didn't. And I ended up 12, 15 feet below on the ground, cradling my shotgun in my arms so that it didn't get injured because it was brand new. I, I had my doubts about that stand. I really didn't believe that it would hold me up, but, you know, when you're a teenager, you're young and dumb. Can I get an Amen. Yeah, when you're a teenager, you're just young and dumb. And but but nowadays, if I get a floor and it's a little sketchy looking, I don't have any plans to walk out on it. I'm not going to test the waters, you know. I'm, I'm going to say, which way can I go to get away from it? And an elevator. <clears throat> Would you get in an elevator if you didn't believe that an elevator would respond to that button push? And then it would take you to the floor you want to go to. And most importantly of all, that the doors would open when you got there. What, what part of an elevator ride would you want if you didn't believe all of that would happen? I, I mean, we, we go into buildings and, and we press the button for elevators and we don't even think about it. We believe that <clears throat> button will call that elevator to us. We believe we're going to get on and the doors are going to shut. 
and the elevators are going to take us to the second floor, the fifth floor, wherever. And when we get there, the doors are going to open, and we're going to walk out. We do that because we believe that it's going to do so. If I had any doubt about an elevator, if I had any doubt about it getting confused and going up and down like a yo-yo, if I had any doubt that it would get between floors and, and stop, if I had any doubt that maybe the door wouldn't open when I got to the floor I was going to, I'd use the stairs. I would not be on that elevator. So, so belief is really part of everything we do every day. We just don't think about it. And this, this list, we could add to it all day long of what we do because we believe that it will happen the way that we're planning for it to happen. With that belief, it'd be frozen in place. We live a most miserable life. If we didn't believe these basic things, man, we couldn't live. We, we couldn't do. We couldn't function. We, we would just be holed up somewhere by ourselves because we would be so fearful. Belief and faith are kind of like siblings. Belief and faith are very similar in what they mean. Faith, according to one person I read behind, usually carries with it a little stronger meaning of action, of doing, because of what we have believed. That belief leads to faith that leads to action. But really, these two words are very interchangeable. And as you study Scripture, you'll find the words believe, belief, believe, believed, Believeth, faith, you, you'll find those words multiple times, all from Genesis through Revelation, over and over and over. Belief and faith, belief and faith, belief and faith. And great majority of the time, those two words can be interchanged, one for the other. So, Scripture is full of both of these words. And, and believers... We have to understand how important that word belief is. The scripture that we read together says, especially of those who believe. Uh, how, how much do we believe when it comes to being a believer? Let, let me ask you about these few uh, items here. Do you believe what the Bible teaches? Do you believe that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth? Science pretty much disagrees with that. Science says it came about some other way. Do you believe the Genesis account that God created the heavens and the earth and therefore it's his creation? It's very important. There, there are those who teach the first 11 chapters of Genesis as nothing but a myth. Well, if you believe the first 11 chapters of Genesis is nothing but a myth, then you're probably going to believe some of the other scripture is just a myth also. If you discredit those first 11 chapters about the creation, then you have discredited to the rest of Scripture also. If you can't believe those chapters, then how can you believe the other chapters in the other books? So I, I believe that God created the heavens and the earth just like Scripture says it did. H how he did it, I don't know. Exactly when he did it, I don't know. That's, that's above my pay grade. But I believe in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Do you believe when the Bible says that man has been a sinner ever since Adam and Eve? Sin first entered into our world in the Garden of Eden 
when the serpent deceived Eve, who then deceived Adam, and then they both tried to deceive God. Sin entered in at that moment. And sin has been a part of mankind ever since then. When we talk about a baby being born, it's hard to, to understand that that baby is born with a sin nature and, and is born as a sinner who will eventually reach the age of accountability to be able to have salvation. Just because the baby is born to a Christian mom and a Christian dad and brought up in a Christian home and taken to a Christian church does not mean that that child is a Christian. That moment has to come when that child makes that own decision to be a believer. But sin entered in and still a part of mankind today. You can't get away from sin. It's everywhere you turn, everywhere you go. The Bible also teaches that works will never be enough to repair man's broken relationship with God. Do we believe that? Do we really believe that we cannot do enough work to be saved? There are certain uh, religions that teach salvation by works, that you, you work your way into heaven. I don't know about y'all, but knowing me like I know me, there ain't enough work I could do in my lifetime to ever get saved. I have too many wrong thoughts. I, I think too many wrong things. I, I have done too many wrong deeds. I, I have been anything but a saint in my lifetime. I know y'all think I'm a saint, right? Just go ahead and say yes. <clears throat> Just don't ask Rhonda, Melissa, or Philip. They will tell you opposite. But, you, you know, we, we have to understand who we are and that because of who we are, we can't work enough to save ourselves. No matter what we do, I believe that the Bible teaches Jesus was born of a virgin. I believe it happened just like Scripture says. Preacher, can you explain that? No, I cannot. Preacher, would you tell me how that happened? Well, the Bible says the Holy Spirit came upon Mary and she conceived. That's all I know. And that's good enough for me. Because we're talking about believing. I, I believe that the Bible is God's Word. I believe what is written is true and accurate. I believe that I could put my faith in that, even to the fact of Jesus being born of a virgin. Do we believe then that the shed blood of Jesus is the foundation for salvation? Without the shed blood of Jesus, how can there ever be salvation? Without the shed blood of Jesus, how can we ever hope to go to heaven? We cannot save ourselves. We've already determined that, that we are not able to save ourselves. It has to be by some other means. If I can't work my way into heaven then how do I get to heaven? I get to heaven through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. I, I accept Him as my Savior. That, that blood He shed on Calvary's cross, that is what makes it possible for salvation. It's not because you were born in a Christian home, not because you have a, a Christian upbringing, not because you go to a Christian church, not because you're a Southern Baptist, not because you're a member of Grace Baptist Church. None of that matters when it comes to salvation. Salvation is only made possible through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. We're talking about believing. And I believe that it's only through his shed blood that that's possible. I believe in his sacrifice on our behalf brings salvation. We go back to the Old Testament, the book of Genesis. Adam and Eve sinned. What did they try to do? 
They tried to cover it up. You remember how they tried to cover it up? They pulled some leaves off some trees. It's like something you see on a Tarzan movie, you know. Pull some leaves off. Bind them together. Wrap yourself around them. And they thought that that was going to be okay. What did God think about that? Did, did he like their invention of leaf clothing? What was it that was required to cover them? The sacrifice of an animal. The shedding of the blood. And the skin being used then to cover them. That is symbolic of what Christ came to this world to do. To shed his blood as a sacrifice to cover us. Not with fur. Not with wool. But to cover us with his righteousness. Without that, there is salvation. Because we can't work enough to get there. No matter how hard we try. So we're talking about believing we started off talking about those things we believe every day that we take for granted we don't even think about the fact that we believe it we just go do it then we talked about believing what the scriptures teach and how important that is now i want to move down to a third area of belief and this becomes really personal for us here at grace and here's some areas i want to ask you do you believe Number one, do you believe that Jesus is the foundation of the church? Do you believe that Jesus is the foundation of Grace Baptist Church? Not, not the founding pastor back in 1969. Not Brother Sam, who was here for all of those years, did such a great ministry. Not, not the founding families, not, not those who have been here for decades. The, the foundation of the church is not me. The foundation of the church is not the Southern Baptist Convention, North Spartan Association. The foundation of the church is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ instituted the church. Without him, there would be no church. So, we have to believe that Jesus is the foundation of Grace Baptist Church. We need to believe that the gospel is still the same as it was during the best years of grace. Now, I've looked back at records. I've received the records from Columbia. And for years, Grace averaged 150 and 160 in worship. This auditorium would be full with 150, 160 people. You, you remember, Shaver? How full was it? It, it was full. There, there was no extra spaces, I'm sure, in here. Well, we, we've got to ask ourselves, now, what, what was it that brought that about? What made that possible? And the answer is one word, gospel. It was the gospel. It, it was not Brother Sam, though God used Brother Sam. It, it was not the deacons, though I'm sure God used the deacons. It was not the other leaders, though I'm sure that God used those other leaders. No, Grace Baptist Church had those great days because the gospel was being preached, the gospel was being lived, and the gospel is what does the work to change a person's heart and life. Do we still believe that today? That it is still the gospel. Thirdly, do we believe that God can still provide all that is needed? Now, now, through the years, God has been faithful to Grace Baptist Church, right? Those of you who have been here for a long time, God has been faithful to Grace Baptist Church. Uh, Dee Dee found a picture some time back that she gave me of the original 
church building, 1969, a little old brick building on Main Street in Duncan, Grace Chapel Baptist Church. And then from that, if I, if I remember correctly, the, the back section where the Sunday school rooms are, that was built next, correct? And part of it was auditorium and part of it was classrooms. And, and then God allowed this to be built and added on to that. And then at some point, the social hall was built. Now, now, don't you think that God made those provisions possible? Don't you think that God was the one who made it so that that could happen? I, I'm great leaders and people who gave financially, but behind all of it, it was God who provided the need. Well, grace has needs again. Can you imagine that? A church still having needs. When does a church quit having needs? When it quits being a church. There's still needs. We're, we're, we're working on needs. We're working on painting. We're working on cleaning. We're working on organ. organ yeah, that word, you know, getting things together. Man, maybe I need to slow down a little bit. I'm going to be talking as fast as Sharon if I don't watch it. I'm, I'm going to have to slow myself down. I, I mean, we still have needs. I, I mean, new, new floor covering. We, we have needs as far as reaching people. We have needs as far as Sunday school classes. We have needs as far as children's ministry. We have needs as far as being able to do something with youth again. We, we have so many needs. The same God who provided for the needs starting in 1969. Well, he's the same God still today. Different people, different preacher, same God. Same ability, same provisions. Fourthly, we still must believe that it is God who saves and adds to the church. Back to the day of Pentecost. It was God who saved, the Holy Spirit who saved and added to the church daily, such as should be saved. Friends, I can't add anybody to the universal church. I can't add anybody to Grace Baptist Church, but God can. It's not my responsibility to add anybody to this church. It's not your responsibility to add anybody to this church. It is God's responsibility to add people to this church. And I believe that the same God who added people all of these other years, well, that same God still wants to add people to Grace Baptist Church. He, he still is in the saving business, and he's still in the adding business. He has not changed. And then do we believe? that God can again fill this auditorium with people. Do we believe that? That God, not Ken, not Brian, not y'all, do we still believe that God can fill this auditorium up? What do we believe? We believe should lead to actions that reveal what we believe. We can talk about what we believe all day long. But until there's some actions put to what we believe, they don't amount to anything. The, what's this old saying? You have to put feet to prayers. You pray. But then God uses you and moves you often to answer that prayer. 
When we begin to pray certain things, isn't it amazing how God sometimes turns and says, oh, I want to use you to accomplish that. Wait, wait a minute, God. That's not what I meant. I wanted you to use them. Isn't it always better if God uses them? Didi wanted God to use them to lead the music two years ago. But them weren't here. God undoubtedly, I believe, fully wanted me to be here to preach. I couldn't say them, even though I sent some resumes for some guys. It's about when we believe something, then we let our actions begin to speak for what we believe. Now, if we indeed believe that God can do all of the above for grace, if we believe that he can provide all that's needed, that God can save people and bring people in, if we believe that God can fill this auditorium up, if we believe that, then we'll be busy doing our part for that future. I wish, I don't have a chair to use up here, I wish I could just sit down and say, okay, God, I prayed, do it. Wouldn't that be great? But that would make God a genie. You have seen Aladdin, I'm sure. And you do know about the lamp. And you rub that lamp and you make a wish and the genie pops out. Well, if I ever had a genie to pop out of a lamp, I'd run or I'd die. But it'd be like, here's the genie and now I'm going to do it. You don't have to do anything. You ask, I'll give. A lot of times we look at God in the same way. God, we prayed that you would do this. So now you do it. God is not a genie. God will do what God can do, but God wants us to do what we can do also. You can study from Genesis through Revelation. Over and over and over and over, individuals and nations that God used those people of those nations, they also had a role to play in what was being done. So if we really believe that God can do all of this, then we're going to give financially. We're going to be willing to clean and paint and trim and wash. We'll invite others to visit with us. We will allow God to use us to do what he has done. God doesn't work in a vacuum. God uses people. He has from day one. And he will until the end of time. So the question is, if we really say we believe all of this, are we willing to let God use us to do whatever it is that God wants to use us to do? Now that's scary. I'll, I'll be honest with you. When I used to pray, God, use me, I never in my wildest dream thought that God would call me to be a preacher. When, when I said, God, use me, God, I don't want to people. I don't want to wear a suit. Well, 
Things have changed. Back in the day, three-piece suit, you know, vest and all. God, doing weddings and funerals? I don't think so. God, God I, when I said use me, I didn't mean use me like that. And it was a struggle to get to the point of saying, okay, God, use me like that. So when we say to God, we believe, we believe all of this, and we are willing, how do you want to use us? Get ready. Buckle up. God will use you. There's no doubt about that. There's not a one in here that God cannot use, not a one in here that God does not want to use. It's just a matter of us saying, God, here I am. Now use me according to your plan to do what you want to do. And when I'm talking about the giving and the cleaning and the painting and and all the different things and inviting people, I'm not talking about just doing it for one Sunday or one week or one month or, or one year. Remember the, the plan that we we're working on? I has to make one to three years to, to accomplish all of it. So I'm, I'm talking about something extended. But do you know if we finish all of that in a year, a year and a half, you want me to tell you the secret? There could be some other needs that we're going to have that we're still going to need to do. So I'm not talking about a one-time thing. Oh, I'll do this this time, and that's it. I'm talking about continual involvement and investment and being willing for God to use us as he wants to. It, it is a team effort. There are those pastors who think they're the one-man show. If I'm a one-man show, y'all hurting. It's not a one-man show. It is a team effort of working together. A lot of churches fuss and fight because they don't have any good goals that they're working towards that God wants them to meet. When we are serious about God's work and we're serious about missions and ministry, it will cut down on arguing and fussing and fighting in any church. Because when you're doing what God's called you to do and what he wants you to do, you don't have time for this other stuff. You just want to go do it and see what he's going to do in return. So I believe, do you? I believe that God can do all of this and then even more. We've got to be willing for him to use us. I'm going to ask you to stand. And if if you are willing for God to use you in the way that he sees fit, would you just come and stand at this altar for a prayer of dedication? You're saying, God, I'm willing. I don't know what you want me to do, nor how you want me to do it, but, but I'm willing. Would you come and just stand here so we can pray together?